You're listening to the Dropouts Podcast. Here are your hosts, JT and Hunter. Welcome back. We are the Dropouts. This is our podcast. Thank you so much for dropping in and spending some time with us. I am HG, and I am joined by the one, the only, Mr. JT. Say hello to the people, buddy. What's going on, guys? Glad to be back. Glad y'all are listening again. He is back fresh off of a cruise. Yes, much, much needed R&R. But it was was an important cruise. It was an important reason as to why he went on the cruise, right? 25 years of marriage 25 years so glad to have you back but congratulations on that quarter of a century that's a long time yes it, it is <laughs> it is a long time you know but hey when you're with the one you love man it doesn't seem that long oh, heads up his wife's in the studio with us tonight miss we call her mama mail she's here <laughs> looking on all right guys we got a great show for you today we got a lot to talk about so we're just going to go ahead and get with it um quick reminder social media you can find us on twitter at podcast dropouts follow our page leave us some comments like us on facebook again leave us some comments tell us how we're doing you can find our podcast on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify stitcher we're pretty much anywhere podcasts are offered so find us subscribe so you can see when we get new content um got to take a second for a quick correction on a mistake that your boy hg made last episode I incorrectly spoke, JT. And I'm going to blame this on you, by the way, because you agreed with me (laughs) immediately (laughs) when I said this. So, folks, this is JT's fault, not HG's. But either way, I said that Justin Ross, the Clemson wide receiver, who was a baller in the national championship against Bama. Balled out. He balled out. I incorrectly said that he was from the same high school as George Pickens. George Pickens from Hoover. When, in fact, in reality... Justin Ross is actually from Phoenix City. Yes. So my bad. I apologize. I'm apologize there to correct to Phoenix me. City and apologize to Hoover. That's right. Either way, Justin Ross Justin is a baller. Ross. We got George Pickens, who's going to be a baller. Good deal. Yes. Another right. little update for you guys. You'll notice at the top of our program, we have some different music. We decided to change our music. Thought the original music, while good, was a little bit dark, a little bit too mellow for the type of energy we wanted to have. So we went back to the drawing board. And what you hear now will be our theme music until we find something better. But uh, we like it. You I like think, it? Yeah, I think it's great. You know, we had, after our first episode, HG, we had a lot of a lot of people, you know, that listened in, people that we know and work with. Uh, you know, they gave us some constructive criticism. Some of it quality feedback. Yeah, it was. And that's what we want, you know, quality yeah. feedback. And uh, as you and I had talked about, the, the intro was just a little too long it was way too long <laughs> and that was also my bad so. um but hey you know like i said we you know you we're learning uh about this kind of thing and you know, we don't have any any kind of 
you know, professionalism with this or JT, anything, you, you speak know, for yourself, sir. I am a professional. <laughs> you are a professional. You sound very <laughs> professional. I will have to say that. You handle that mix, mixer board with professional. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Record. That's about all I can do. All right, guys. Guess what? We have a sponsor. We have our first sponsor already here at episode two. So you will hear a little advertisement, or as Alex Trebek would say, an advertisement, if we're <laughs> going to speak correctly, I suppose. <laughs> You'll hear that in between our two segments. The first segment is, of course, going to be some college football. Then at the end of the program, we're going to talk a lot about some college basketball. Statman is not here with us in the studio today. However, he will be calling in when we get into the college basketball section. So look forward to having him on a little later. He's on the road as we speak, so he's trying to get to his destination so he can, so he can get on with us. Correct. All right, so 174 days until we hit college football season. Seems like it's so long. You know, and every time the off season for college football comes around, I get really depressed. I'm inconsolable for a good two weeks until I realize there's a lot of really cool stuff still going on in the world of sports. But you know, I read something today or heard something actually. Yep. I may have read it. I can't remember. Might I might have been on Twitter. Um we did change we sprung forward today. So we are an hour closer Ooh. to opening day. <laughs> To wow. kick off. I made it even more excited now. <laughs> you know what? We're going to cancel the college basketball thing, and we're just going to go with college football now that we're an hour closer. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of exciting things in the world of sports right now, one being March Madness. It is here. Conference tournaments happening. Uh, some have already started. Some start this Wednesday, the Power Five tournaments mainly. Um, Major League Baseball opening day on March 28th. Go Braves. Go Bravos. Go Bravos. Uh, the Shop Selection on. Sunday for, for March Madness is, when is it, Jay? March 17th? Yes, it is. It, it is It is right after all the conference championships. I believe it's Sunday. Yes, it is St. Patrick's Day. It is. It is. It is yeah. St. Yeah. Patrick's Day. It airs six seven from 6 to 7 p.m. on CBS. That's going to be a lot of fun. The Masters Tournament, one of my favorite sport events ever. Defending champ. Patrick Reed. Okay, make your. You're going to say he's going to win. Is that you're going mm, with that? I don't. No, I I'm just, going with Phil. I will always go with Phil. I don't care what anybody says. Phil don't Nicholson's think my Phil's guy. Phil's going to win it, but you know, you never can tell. Yeah. Uh, Justin Thomas is playing real, real good golf right now. Uh, so I mean, he's he's another you know, player in yeah. that might be in contention for. I it. don't watch a lot of golf anymore. I will, however, watch the Masters. Yeah. It's oh, just definitely. so much fun. Definitely. You can't, I mean, you live in Georgia, man. You can't not watch yeah. the Masters. It's just so much fun. You know, I was actually invited to play in the Masters this year. Yeah? Yeah, they, they mailed me an invitation. I had to call them, and I told them, I said, look, guys, my heart and my soul, my time, my energy is in the Dropouts podcast, so I'm sorry. I think you made the correct decision. They were upset, though. I could, they, it was very clear. They I think you a, made the right decision. They took it hard. I didn't make the right decision. Maybe next year. Yeah. Masters tournament, April 11th through the 14th. And then, if you care about it any at all, I do. The Kentucky, <laughs> Kentucky Derby is in May 4th. There's a good chance. I was telling uh, JT and his wife earlier, uh, we actually may be going to a qualifying race in Keeneland, Kentucky uh, in April. That would be interesting. Yeah, the Blue Stakes is what it's called. Blue Grass Stakes. I actually was talking to somebody the other day. We was talking about Kentucky Derby, actually. Yeah. And uh, or there was something that come on. No, it wasn't. It was uh, it was it was the the track that 
like 21 horses had, had died from being at that track. Oh, geez. So they canceled everything at that track. And they were talking about the owners of the horse and this, that, and the other. And it was one of our coworkers, and you know him. Um, I won't mention his name. <laughs> uh, he said, I didn't know the horse had owners, too. You I didn't even have to tell me his name, and I know who exactly <laughs> who it is. <laughs> he said, I thought the jockeys owned it. <laughs> I was all like, right. eh, you know, bless his heart. You know, yeah. he just, he didn't, he didn't have a clue. So I had to fill him in on all that kind of <laughs> stuff. So trainers, owners, jockeys, you know. Oh, yeah. Caretakers, all that kind of stuff. But horse, horse racing is a big, big money. Oh, money yeah, deal. for sure. Bucket list, though. I want to go to the Derby. That'd be awesome there yeah. in I'd yep. like to. I, I I wouldn't mind, man. I wouldn't mind seeing my wife in one of those big old hats <laughs> and little sexy dresses. Hey, Louisville, man. Place to be. I like it. All right, so we got a lot to cover. Also, the spring games. We got some spring games coming up. Yes. G-Day coming up April 20th. April 20th. Easter weekend, for whatever reason. Yeah. I don't, I don't like that. that. No, I don't either. But, yeah, so uh, each everybody's, uh, sort of as far as the Power 5 goes, the spring games kind of vary depending on – what team you follow. All right, so 2019 college football season. Again, we've established 174 days away, one hour closer as of 2 or 3 o'clock this morning. And we've got some storylines that we want to talk about today right here at the beginning of the program. Of course, there's always storylines when it comes to college football. Off season, whether the season's going on, doesn't really matter. There's always storylines. There's no lack of them. So the ones we talk about today aren't necessarily more important than any other. It's just the ones we've kind of fixated on. I'm more fixated on some of these more so than JT, but he's got a couple of things he wants to talk about too. But right out the gate, one of the storylines that's already broke, it's already done. As far as I'm concerned, it's already over with. And if I'm being honest, unless you're a Georgia fan or an Auburn fan, this really doesn't mean anything to you. But I want to go ahead and talk about it. If they get it out of the way because we're Georgia fans, but I'm so sick of hearing about it already. <laughs> Between Georgia fans and the Georgia media, to me it's much ado about nothing. So forgive the hypocrisy because I've just told you I'm tired of talking about it, but then I want to talk about it. So it's the schedule change in 2020 with the Georgia-Auburn football game. I already know me and you, JT, we have different views on this. So if, you're, if you haven't followed this, if you don't know what we're talking about, basically beginning next year, the Georgia-Auburn game moves out of November and into October. And there's a lot of Georgia fans and Georgia media that are unhappy with this, and they are asking questions like, what does Georgia get out of this? What's happening? Why did this happen? Well, the Auburn athletic director made noise about having to play Georgia and Alabama in such a small time frame every single year. They wanted to break that up. Georgia, Greg McGarity, Kirby Smart, I've got a word for that, but I can't say it on there. <laughs> they acquiesced to the request. They moved it up. Now we play Auburn in October. JT, why is this a bad thing? I just don't like it, man. You know, like I said last uh, last uh, podcast we had, I'm a traditionalist, man. You know, Auburn, Georgia, it's just – that's the end of the season type thing that you want to see. You want to see a, the South's deepest rivalry. Yeah. The know. deep South's oldest rivalry. Yeah, you want to see that. Georgia and Auburn represent what Southern football is about. That's exactly right. It's fast. Smash it's, mouth. Yep. 
beat them up. Fast, physical, aggressive. These two teams hate each other. With Everything about each other. So I do – that would be the only knock against this from my corner is the tradition of it all. Yeah. Since they've been playing this game, it's been played in November. And down here in South Georgia, folks, if you're not from here, you know it really doesn't start feeling like fall here until about November. So that's when we kind of get the crisp, cool air, the leaves are changing, and it finally feels like football season. And this is one of those games that kind of helps usher in actual fall. I think, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not sure, so don't don't hold me to this, but I think there's only been twice in the history of this rivalry that it has not been played in November. You got me there. I'm not sure. It's been so long, and I'm you know, as long as I've been following them, it's always been in November, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Back this, in was, t- this was way back. This way was way back. back. Yeah. Well, back in yeah. 2012, the whole reason this, this is even a conversation is in regards, and it's outside of the fact that Auburn's fuss about this is having to play Georgia and Alabama so close, which I get that. That's a tough stretch. It is. It's a really tough stretch. Back in 2012, when the SEC expanded to include Texas A&M and Missouri, obviously adding two teams, one to each division, caused some problems within the scheduling. Mm-hmm. Well, back in 2012, Georgia raised their hand and said, hey, we'll play Auburn at Auburn two years in a row. Mm-hmm. They did so. 2012, 2013, they expected, nothing, they expected, as far as I know, then nothing in return. It was just to help satisfy what needed to happen in terms of the change of the schedule. So now here we are, 2020. It's decided. It's done with. That's what's happening. Now I, everybody's wanting R2 and 2. Right. They're wanting our home. They're wanting R2 and 2. Yeah. Maybe they can figure that out. Here's why I don't I'm, – I'm different from you, JT. Yeah, the tradition, that's great. I get all that. And that would be, like I said, the only knock against it. But here's why I think it's good. One, Auburn is our biggest rival. I wish they'd move it up to September. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> Auburn, week three, week four, yes, please sign me up. Get the, And here's part of the reason why. 2017, our first big test for Georgia was Notre Dame on the road going to South Bend. We were successful. Yeah. We won. They were tested. They overcame. And they rode that momentum all the way to November in Jordan-Hare Stadium, and we got our brains beat in. They were not challenged. Yeah, we in between bad. Notre Dame, in between in Auburn, there was nothing. There was no challenge. We blew them out. Mississippi State, 31-3. to Tennessee, 41 nothing. Florida, 42-7. to Best game of my life. <laughs> so there, was, there was no actual <laughs> challenge for Georgia up to that point. 2018. The first time we get challenged is early or mid-October when we go to Death Valley and we get our brains beat in. Yeah. I'm of the mind, and I think Kirby Smart is too. If you listen to him talk, he's trying to schedule a lot of not, uh, Power 5 conference teams for his non-conference schedule. Mm-hmm. Get rid of some of the cream puffs. He has said it before. I want these guys to be challenged early and often. Right? Schedule I agree them early. with that. Schedule them early to test. Absolutely. Yeah. So, like I say, I wish they'd move it up September. I hate that, you know, it's it's bucking tradition, but at the same time, I under I, I, that's a benefit to me. The other benefit is the SEC East race just got that much more interesting because guess who takes Auburn's place? The old volunteers. Yeah. They're now moved to November, so now the SEC, ra- SEC East race remains wide open all the way till mid-November. That's exciting, especially if Tennessee ends up being 
the team that I think they're going to be in much better than what they have been. Yeah, I mean, I I, I see your point. Uh, there again, I mean, you still they're moving it to October. Auburn's always going to be a tough opponent. Absolutely. I mean, no matter no matter how bad Gus Malzahn is, they're still going to get recruits in. They're still going to get athletes in. They just, you know, I mean, it's just a big game. You've got Auburn in October now. And you got Florida in October. Challenge them early and often. Hey, you know, I mean, our thinking is, is Florida, you know, past two seasons, it's been kind of a beat down. They're on the rise. I'm okay I, with that. Yeah, and, and it's just like I said before, you know, and I've brought up the question, you know, like our, on our last podcast, was, was Dan Mullen the, the guy for that job? Um, I've had a lot of people, a lot of people talk to me, um, you know, about that and uh, ask me some questions on it. And I just, and I'll, I'll go back to the 0-9 against yep. Kirby, you yep. know. Um, ten win seasons. And Statman brought it up. Ten win seasons got Mark Rate fired. Yeah. So, do I think that it's going to it's gonna be a better, better rivalry now, you know, now that we've moved Auburn up? Eh. I, you know, it's, it's hard to say. Time will tell. It will. And – I'm just a traditionalist, man. I just I love it being towards the end of the season, you know. And it's how do you feel about the black jerseys? Uh, I don't like them. Oh, really? I okay. like the look. That's not the answer I wanted. I listen, was going to challenge listen, you on traditionalism. I like listen. I like the look. Really, really love the look. It is a good look. But dad gum, man, we just it seems like we just lose all thought process when yeah. we wear those things. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I mean, it's just like we forget how to play the game. Um, is that coaching or is that players? Uh, just like before the Texas game, players got on social media, started blasting, you know. You call this a power – you're talking about Notre Dame. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, you call this a playoff team. Is that coaching? Is it players? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta take control of that kind of stuff, man. You can't allow it to like get in their head or anything like that. Absolutely. Do I think the black jerseys make a difference? I mean, in my mind, it doesn't matter what color jersey you wear. If you if if you're ready, you're ready. Show up to play. That's exactly right. Yep. When you get when you get when you get between the lines, you should be ready to go. It doesn't matter what color jersey, what color pants, what color underwear you got on. It doesn't matter. Be ready. Oh, I agree with you. I agree with so, you. And that's that's the whole – that's going to be the theme for 2020, man. Even though their schedule changes, Tennessee now moves in again to Auburn spot late November. You know as well as I do, Auburn's going to be a contender for the West no matter what happens. It's usually always going to be Bama, LSU, Auburn. Texas A&M's in there now too. So there's always that chance we could play Auburn twice in the season. Mm -hmm. One time regular season and then SEC championship much like 2017. Mm -hmm. But now – with Tennessee being in November, you beat Tennessee, that's it. You don't have to face them two weeks later in December. Yeah. With Auburn, you got a little bit of time in between. So if you beat them in the regular season, history tells you 
It's hard to beat the same team twice. Oh, it is. So maybe Definitely. that little bit of time in between will help you prepare. You get more footage to look at. You get more games to watch. I don't know. It's just a theory. HG, I like your positivity in this. Yeah. <laughs> really like it. <laughs> Got to remain positive. <laughs> All right. So every year, it seems like, JT, coaches get put on the hot seat, especially those coaches who are underperforming at their respective universities. And there's one coach who comes to mind that I want to talk about here, and I want to ask you, too, how you feel about him. Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. Is it now or never for Jimmy? Oh, definitely. It's, yeah. Has he, it reached that point for him he, at Michigan? He's, he's got to do something, man. He's got to he's got to win. He's got to. I mean, getting blown out yep. in the in the bowl game. I mean, ugly by a mediocre sorry, Florida fans. I mean, I know there's some of you out there and you listen to us. But y'all were mediocre. And they curb stomped the Wolverines who finished the season and number two in total defense. Yes. Yes. Against and Big Ten teams primarily. But the the point remains, Florida showed up. They played the bowl game. They did what they had to do. Let me throw you some stats out here Shoot. for Jim Harbaugh. His win-loss record, to include his time at Stanford, is 96-41. and 41. It's not bad. No. It's 701 average. At Michigan, it's 38-14. Not bad. Not bad. His bowl record's two and four. That's pretty bad. That's not good at all. A little bit over 300 average. At Michigan, he's one and three. (laughs) He's not done well in the bowl games. No. His record versus Ohio State, zero and four. (laughs) He has not solved Ohio State since he stepped foot in Ann Arbor. And that's that's what's killing him. That's what's killing him. That's exactly right. His highest ranked recruit class since coming to Michigan was the number. He had the number five recruit class in the country in 2017. Uh, oh, let me throw this out there, too. His record versus Michigan State, his other rival, he's 2-2. Two and two. He's 500. Mm-hmm. His recruit class for 2019 was number 8. So, not bad. Top 10. Top 10 recruit class. Let's see if he can do anything. Here's some other knocks against him. He's never won a Big Ten championship. He's never won a division title. Okay? He's finished third, third, and fourth in the Big Ten East. Here's who he's played in the bowl games that he's lost to. Again, remind you, he's 2-4, and 1-3 and three at Michigan. In 2016, he beat Florida in the Citrus Bowl. Then he loses to Florida State in the Orange Bowl. He, <laughs> he lost to South Carolina in the Outback Bowl. And then he lost to Florida in the Chick-fil-A Bowl in 2019. That was the Jadavion Clowney hit that was heard around the world. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That was <laughs> And it was, that was a good game. Yes, it was. It was a good game. Yes, it was. Here's, here's Michigan's schedule for 2019. They start at home with Middle Tennessee State. That's going to be a win, arguably. Week two is what gets interesting. And if he's not careful, his season will start, and and he, the hot seat will just get hotter and hotter. End. Yeah. They host Army week two. Hey, Jeff Munkin, man. You Jeff don't Munkin. know what's going to happen out of Army. Army finished the season, I think they're ranked 25 right now in preseason rankings. They are. They were 11-1 and one for regular season. It was a good season for Army. Mm-hmm. So watch out for that game. They go on the road and they face Wisconsin in the Big Ten matchup. They host Rutgers, then they go to they. Oh, I'm sorry, they host Iowa. They go to Illinois State, then of course they go to Penn State. That's another game. Got to be careful. Happy Valley, another Big Ten rival. Yep, Happy Valley. Here's another one. They got a rematch with Notre Dame. This one's in Ann Arbor. Can he step up and take them down this time? Last year they lost. They lost on on the road. I don't, to be seen. I just I, I don't 
I don't see it happening, man. I really don't. I, 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 if the defense is as good this year as it was last year, I think they beat Notre Dame. And I think this is the point where he salvages the season. And they start saying, okay, Michigan's for real. Maybe they'll make a run here. Maryland's an away game. I'm not worried about Maryland for Jim. Michigan State, you can't. You never know which way that's going to go. They got him last year. But remember, he's 2-2. Two and two. Yeah. He's 500. So that could go either way, according to his history. Indiana's an away game. And then, of course, they end the regular season with Ohio State. Sparty's always a rivalry game because, you know, it's Michigan. Michigan yes. State. You it know, can go so either way. It's uh, and it's usually a fun game to watch. Oh, every every single sporting event, whether it be baseball, basketball, football, Michigan, Michigan State, is a big deal. It's a very big deal. Oh, absolutely! Like I'm not even a Michigan or Ohio State fan, but I love watching that game. Yes. Same. I feel the same way about Texas Oklahoma. Yeah. Because it's, again, it's just good football. It really is. So, Jim Harbaugh, now or never, man. I think you, you got to figure it out, Jimmy. You got to get it done. You got to beat Ohio State. Yep. And I, I don't have an idea of who they would replace him with. I ain't got a clue. So I don't know. I mean, it's a it's a big money job. I mean, this is who, alma mater. I love when whoever. coaches come back to their alma mater. It, yeah. I mean, you, you got to give them props for that, for sure. Um, for wanting to come back, wanting to get their program on the up and up. Uh, and I think when he came in, I think it was – I think it was great, but man, you had all these other programs yeah. just starting to come in. You know, right? Kirby coming into Georgia. Of course, he came in before Kirby came. He did. Georgia, he came in 2015. The recruiting, man, you gotta recruit. You yeah. got to. Yeah, and he and hasn't done bad recruiting. He just, I don't know if it's player development. I don't know if it's scheme. I don't know if it's his support staff. Support staff is big. Depth is big. Depth is big. Yeah, you so gotta. I mean, you're gonna lose people, and you gotta have them. You gotta have other ones there to fill the spot. Well, here's just some more evidence, and I haven't heard any noise about Jim Harbaugh actually being on the hot seat. You just look at the track record and how the landscape of coaching is nowadays. He's just not producing what Michigan wants him to produce. Mm-hmm. Here's some more evidence to back up our theory that ten win seasons get you fired. 2015, he was ten and three. 2016, he was ten and three. 2017, with the number five recruit class in the country, he was eight and five. No, that's not good. Nope. 2018, he was ten and three, to include the loss in the bowl game. So he's got to figure it out. Whatever it is, if it's his assistant coaches, if it's the steam he's running, I don't know. He's just uh, this is his year. He's got to figure it out. Yeah, I agree totally. Hey, let's talk some Pac-12 real quick. All right. I don't know why, but we're going to. I'm kidding. We love the Pac-12. <laughs> we love all sports, man. Clay Helton at USC. I do believe Clay Helton's on the hot seat. No, there's no doubt about that. Without question. No doubt. Athletic director Lynn Swan has been really patient with him, but I believe that patience will run out, and this could be his last season as a Trojan He's been more than patient with, with Clay Helton. More than patient. Here's some Clay Helton stats for you. And the only reason I'm talking about USC and Clay Helton at this point is because there's an interesting theory. I'm going to throw out there and see where it sticks. Right. See how many people holler at me about it. I'm Clay sure you Helton, will. You'll get some. <laughs> <laughs> Clay Helton's win-loss records, 32-17. and 17. Again, that's not terrible. His bowl records, 2-2. Two and two. His recruit class, 2019, number 20 in the nation. Not terrible. No. His 2018 season results, he was 5-7. and seven. Now, that's bad. That's Didn't even go bowling. For, for, for that program... 
with the prestige. Absolutely, and I want that USC, USC back. has. I want them back. It's more fun when USC's competitive, when Oregon's competitive, when Florida State's competitive. That football's better. I hate their colors and their uniforms. I yeah. hate them. Yeah, I can't stand them. I think they're hideous. Right. But as far as a prestigious place to play, sunny California. I mean, superstars, celebrities. I mean, you got them all right there. Absolutely. And money. You know, I mean, it's that's that's a big money job too. Oh yeah. Now, here's USC's 2019 schedule, and here's why I think you're going to see the last of Clay Helton at USC after 2019. They host Fresno State game one. Week two is Stanford. Hard to know which way that's going to go. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call that a loss. They go to Brigham Young. Utah comes in to Los Angeles week four. Utah runs away with that game. Prediction now. Then they go on the road for yet another loss at Washington. Brigham Young will be a tough one. Brigham Young could on be the road. A tough one. Yep, at Brigham Young. That'd be a tough one. Notre Dame hosts the Trojans. That's going to be a loss for USC. Arizona comes to Los Angeles to play. Then they go play Colorado at Colorado. Then they host Oregon. Then they go to Arizona State and then California and then UCLA to end the regular season. I don't think this is going to be a very good season for Clay Helton. And I say all that to say this. Jay, I'm going to throw out some more stats for you real quick and see if you can guess the coach of who I'm going to talk about. His win-loss record is 187-32. That's his career. His bowl record is 12-3. and His college football playoff record is 2-1. and He's won three national championships, 2006, 2008, and then 2014. Those three national championships came in two different teams, two different conferences. The Urban. That's Urban Meyer. I know he's retired. I get it. He's done it one time already. Changed his mind then. Do you think? I think. Why not? Why not USC? It's a big job, man. Why not go to yet another conference and contend for another national championship? It's uh, it's a big job, and and that's what the only thing that Urban Meyer will come back for is another. Big time program. Absolutely. Hey, I think Urban. Look, you can say what you want about Urban Meyer. I hated him when he was with the Gators. I don't like him now. Sorry. <laughs> he knows how to win, though. He elevates the programs he goes to, however way he does it, whether you agree with his ways or not. I, I, I mean, I agree with you. He's. I mean, he's a winner. Where he's win, he's a winner. That's right. He's a winner. He won twice. He dominated the SEC in that span of time. Again, national championship, 2006, 2008. He got it done. He leaves Florida. Says then, I'm done. I'm out. Well, Ohio State comes calling. That's his dream job. He goes. He wins the national championship there 2014. I believe he could do the same thing in the Pac-12. And I think he knows he could do the There's same thing in the Pac-12. no doubt in The my man mind. can recruit. The man can coach. He's got the track record to support that. And why not end your career in sunny California? Hey, it's a good place to retire, man. Hey. He's a celeb. That's, that's, that's something I'm going to be watching. <laughs> um, I hope I'm right just for bragging rights of nothing else. <laughs> so you can go back on the on the dropout. I told say, you I so. I told you so. <laughs> that's right. All right, so moving on from the Pac-12, that's about as interesting as that conference gets. I kid. You guys are fine. I like Pac-12. Uh, there's some proposed targeting rule changes for 2019, JT. Targeting, man. This 
I could go on for years and years about this. <laughs> well, let me let me read to you the NCAA Football Rules Committee and their proposed changes. They're not official yet, to my knowledge, to date. We're recording now. This is Sunday. And these are the rule changes that they have suggested. All right? The committee, chaired by Stanford coach David Shaw, proposed a progressive penalty for those student athletes who receive a second targeting foul in the same season. In addition to being disqualified from that game, the player would be suspended for the next team's contest. So another, that game, whether it happens in the first quarter or not, he's suspended for yeah. that game and then the next game and also. The following game That's if that. he gets a second targeting foul in the same season. Rule two. This one's interesting. Instant replay officials will be directed to examine all aspects of the play and confirm the foul when all elements of targeting are present. If any element of targeting cannot be confirmed, then the replay official will overturn the targeting foul. There will not be an option for letting the call on the field stand during a targeting review. What do you think? I think that I think they're trying I think they're trying to improve that right because right now i I will tell you right now this past season some of the targeting targeting calls that were made i mean i I like the second rule it was a joke it was but i like the second rule because then replay officials would have to either confirm the call or overturn it they can Mm -hmm. no longer just let the call stand which always kind of served as a fallback. Right. But but this would mean replay officials would need to fully agree in order for the targeting call to stand rather than merely not disagreeing and you know with the other officials on the field. They're right. gonna, it's going to have to it's going to have to be confirm the call or overturn it. It's a it's a definite step in the right direction. Um you know that kind of and I think I had talked with you about this, you know in college basketball, they have the the flagrant one and the flagrant two. Correct. Yeah, we have talked about that. And the officials do get together, review it, and decide whether or not it's a flagrant one or flagrant two. Right. I think this is kind of along the same concept. They're all going to kind of get together and discuss this mm-hmm. and, you know, come to an agreement, which I think is a good thing. Um, not just saying, you know, it was helmet to helmet. You know, yeah, he hit him with the crown of a helmet. I'm sorry. If you hit somebody with the crown of a helmet, but it's not a what I call a hit to hurt the individual. To intentionally maim the other player. Launching yourself with both feet up in the air, you know, your whole body going into the guy. Right. That that that's a problem there, you know. Agreed. That's that's definitely intentional. If you lower your head just to make a tackle, and you happen to hit the guy head to head, which he in turn is also probably lowering his head too, and they call several targeting fouls on that. In my opinion, if the officials can get together on this and agree that hey, this was not a launching thing it wasn't intentional you know it was it was it was just a game i understand what they're trying to do i understand they're trying to protect you yeah know, i get safety. it 
Yeah. You know, it's, it all comes down to safety, and I understand that. I, I have no qualms with that. But the fact is, it's still football. It is a you, contact sport. You got a helmet, you know. Yep. That's what it's for. It's for protection. And you're going to hit head-to-head no matter what. Right. You know. Um, the defenseless player, I, you know, I can totally understand that. You know, if you're a punter running down the field blindsided and somebody just launches herself at you and hits you in the head. Right. I, I, I get that. One of the games that I watched last year, and again, UCF was involved in this, the UCF-LSU bowl don't, game. Don't we talk about my my Knights. <laughs> you know you don't like them either. Um, I can't remember the, the, the defensive lineman's name. Um, Burroughs had just thrown a pick. And this defensive lineman launched himself. Was it was evident mm-hmm. in the replay that he had launched himself and hit the guy in the head. Hit Joe Burrow in the head. Yeah, right. But he was not. He was he not could, called for targeting. He was not called for targeting. Yeah, I mean, how how hard is it to really say that it was ill intent? I mean. I'm, I'm asking because I don't know. I can't really look and say, oh, wow, that, he, he meant to hurt right there. Uh, as much as he was just trying to make a play. According to the rule. Right. According to oh, the so rule. Oh, so you're saying that, that he should have been called targeting based on the rule alone. Definitely. He should have been Not out. even intent. Okay. He should have been out. Totally. No doubt. Okay. But nevertheless, they said, you know, they ruled out the targeting. The guy continued to play on. I mean, the guy, he's probably – 270, 280. Right. I mean, both feet was off of the ground. I mean, just leapt into the guy. And, I mean, and Burrow was clearly shook. Because, oh, yeah. I mean, he hit him head to head. Had some cobwebs going Targeting on. foul? Yes. No doubt. Right. But I, th- I think them getting together, it, I think it's a good thing. You know, I, I think this is a step in the right direction. Um I guess we'll see. The targeting it, it rules remains to be seen. Is it, is it two years old now at this point, from from when it was initially brought up and uh, made a two I, or three years old? It's still young. Yeah, it's. I mean, it is. I, I it's. I, I would. I would probably be lying if I told you. Right, but I mean, the point it, is, it it's was. still a young rule. It's still a young rule. It's been relatively controversial, not because I don't like the whole stance of well, this football. You know what I mean? There's got to be a way to make it safer for the kids i mean these you know they're tougher than i am get out there handling these hits i know it's probably it's it's, it's at least five years old because um i think that was when georgia when it when it was fresh coming in is when they lost at vanderbilt Uh um one of the guys that had hit a vanderbilt player i I don't remember what what who it was what, what linebacker it was but he hit a vanderbilt player helmet to helmet not the ball loose. We recovered the fumble. I got you. But they called us for targeting. Um, so I mean, it was it was a iffy iffy call. But I th- I think it's at least five years. It may be longer. I don't know. Yeah. Well, like you said, the fact that they're revisiting the rule, 
they're examining the effect that it's had on the game to this point. They've looked at the calls they've gotten right. They've looked at the calls they've gotten wrong. Mm-hmm. And they're taking steps to improve the rule so that it's not just better for the players involved, but better for the officials. As I can imagine, the officials probably get raked pretty hard for this. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, it affects – it can affect a team's season if their star defensive lineman goes out, which is we're told it was – it came the rule came about in 2013. 2013. So you were correct. Yes. Five years Spot old. Spot on, This baby. will be year six. <laughs> Spot on. That is correct. All right. So, guys, we're going to take a quick break. And we're going to let JT tell you about our sponsor. Like I said at the big top of the program, we have a sponsor. And we'll let JT tell you all about it. All right, guys. Our first sponsor, a uh, very, very dear friend of ours, um, JD's Landscape and Irrigation, voted best landscape irrigation in Liberty County, Georgia. Uh, for all your landscaping needs, whether it be sod, irrigation, lawn maintenance uh, jd's landscaping is the way to go so you could call trey heath and he will uh he'll give you all the information you need and i will get his number for you it's 912-271-6320 and he will take care of you uh, and you just let them know you heard it on the Dropouts podcast and we'll be much appreciative. But thank you to Trey Heath and JD's Landscaping. We sure do appreciate it and uh, we look forward to hearing from you. All right, JT, let's talk some college basketball. Let's do it, man. All right. Once again, thank you to JD's Landscaping for being our first sponsor. We really appreciate that. Give them a call. All right, I got some quick questions for you. Uh, Statman, we have him on the phone. Statman, say hello to everybody. Hey, guys, guess what? Guess what? What? I know my stats. You do know your stats. (laughs) He's back, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. Statman, we missed you, man. I hate you couldn't be in the studio, but we're glad we got you on the phone regardless. Thank you for being with us. All right, so here's some quick questions about college basketball. Did any of you watch the games yesterday? Oh, yeah. Okay. I already know the answer. What's that? I said sadly, yes. Sadly, yes. I already know the answer to this first question. But I want to hear from you because JT, Mama Mail in the back, Statman, you guys are diehard dookies. Cameron crazies. So this is a question I really need. She's doing it, the hand. I really need to hear an honest answer here. Can Duke win without Zion? No. Not even in the perfect world where nothing but group of five teams make the tournament. I agree. I do not think they can win without Duke. Or without Zion, excuse me. Last night, yesterday against UNC was evidence. They lost 79-70. It wasn't a good – it was a better game than the first one. A lot better than the first one. You could tell that the 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 shell shock that that's what happened the first game I think was the shell shock of just losing Zion like the first thirty seconds of the game you could tell that they just couldn't they couldn't recover from that this game you could tell they were very well prepared uh, and was in the game 
until about six minutes left, seven, six, seven minutes left in the game, and you could you could just see, you could see the fatigue in a lot of them, um, and it was just you know, we just we didn't have. I feel like Statman's building a fort or something in the background. Building a fort. There's <laughs> a lot of noise coming from Statman. My, my bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's hammering away, putting his bunk beds together for activities. Hey. Lots of room for activities. <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, I re- I really do. I feel like you know they they played a lot better game. They had a better game plan. Um, I think the loss of Bolden early, I think that that was that was that hurt um, as far as interior, you know, defensively, offensively. But uh, yeah, I mean, you have to give Carolina credit, man. They they played they well. Showed up and played. Kobe they- White was just crazy crazy good last night oh he was good but he could not miss he could not miss everything i mean he'd just throw it up i mean i think he could have stood outside and tossed it up and it would have went in with that with that win north carolina secured the number two seed for the acc tournament uh duke number three seed fsu is the number four seed is that right i believe it is and of course virginia and bidding, is it Louisville or Louisville? Louisville. I'm kidding. This is Louisville. Louisville. That's how I Louisville. pronounce it. Louisville. 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 Is it, how do you Louisville. It's like tomato, tomato. Okay. <laughs> no Either one way. says tomato. <laughs> <laughs> Virginia locks down the number one seed for the ACC tournament. Uh, the Pac-12, number one seed there, Washington, for the conference champion, for the conference tournament coming up in Pac-12. Uh, SEC, LSU locked it down. I already had a lot down. Even if they'd have lost or Vanderbilt, they still would have had the number one seed. Number two, the Wildcats from Kentucky. Tennessee got the number three seed. The Gamecocks of South Carolina got the number four seed. Big Ten, Michigan State shares the Big Ten regular season championship or regular season title with Michigan. They beat Michigan last night. Yes, they did. Sparty was on, man. Sparty they they was beat on. Michigan uh, 75-63. That was actually a pretty good game. Bid twelve, K State and Texas Tech. I believe they share the bid ten or bid twelve regular season title. Texas Tech really good. And then you got uh, K State took the number one seed. Texas Tech number two. The Jayhawks of Kansas took the number three seed, and then Baylor Bears took the number four seed. So the conference championships are actually shaping up to be pretty good. Got some more questions for you guys though, real quick. Um, is Tennessee a legit contender when it comes to not just the SEC conference tournament? Do you want the blunt answer? I want the blunt answer. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say hello, ladies and gentlemen. No, he did not. I guess that you heard it here first. <laughs> they proved that at the end of the season. I, I they was took talking, a loss. I, yeah. I, was, I was talking to a coworker this morning. As I was leaving shift, and I was trying to explain to him that out of the last five games, they've lost three, albeit they lost to Kentucky. Correct. They lost to LSU. Correct. And they just lost to Auburn. They lost to Auburn. Last night. Which all three of those, I believe, will be in the tournament. In, uh, the, in the in the field of sixty four, well, they're they're yeah, well, probably, 
Yeah, I mean, they're in the SEC tournament for sure, which for is sure. going to be yeah. interesting because of how these games have went. Right. All, all pretty good teams. All pretty good teams. But you do not want to start a downfall at this time of the season. You don't want to start playing bad basketball towards the end of the season. I did not watch the Auburn-Tennessee game. Was it a bad game? Mm, they it, lost to Auburn. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It was a close By game. By all accounts, looking at the stat lines and everything, the final score was 84-80 to 80 in yeah. favor of Auburn. Close game. Yeah. Um, but just – they're just not playing good basketball right now. And that's – that's I don't – you know, I don't know if they're – I don't know if they're a real contender or not. Right. You know, I mean – you can't you can't look back on the regular season and say, hey, you know these guys won this and this and this and this. But when you get to the last five games of the season and you lose three of those, yeah, I mean, so the blunt answer here is Tennessee is not a legitimate contender. I'm gonna contend. I'm gonna disagree, guys. I'm gonna go ahead on a limb here and say Tennessee will contend. Okay, they're gonna perform well in the SEC conference tournament, and they'll at least be a challenger come the NCAA tournament. Hey, I, li- I like it, man. Yeah. I like it. Now, they're not my pick to win the SEC tournament. Oh, I got you. I'll right. show that later. <laughs> Here's some of the scores. that uh, You had the University of Kentucky defeated UF 66-57. Uh, LSU didn't have to, but they did. They beat, Van- they beat Vandy 80-59, claiming the SEC title. Uh, and Murray State defeated Belmont 77-65. I'm going to talk about Murray State a little bit later on, but real quick before we move on, because I have this question about LSU. Um, For those of you who have been following, LSU suspended the head coach, Will Wade, among the FBI wiretap um, investigation, revealing a possible conversation with Christian Dawkins, who was at one point a college football middleman. Not anymore because he's actually serving time for his role in the college basketball corruption scandal. Yeah, he's a high-dollar businessman. He is a high-dollar businessman. Used to be. Now he's going to prison, or he's in prison currently. And anyway, there was a conversation between Christian Dawkins and Will Wade in reference to an LSU freshman currently on the roster, Javante Smart, about his recruitment and a offer. And I'm using the bunny ears here. Their offer, they're suspect of what the offer actually was. But in the wake of all of this, head coach Will Wade has been indefinitely suspended as the head coach for LSU Tigers. Here's my question. How does this affect the Tigers, and can they press on and continue to compete at the level they need to compete at to be a contender in the NCAA tournament. Statman, you go first on this one because I, I'll, I'll tell you what I think about that too. Well, I've got a short answer real quick. Yes, that's my answer. Okay. Statman? Yes, it will affect them. Is that what you're saying? No, yes, they will compete. Sorry, I didn't clarify oh. that. This, they, no, will, they will persevere through this and they will compete and be a challenger for the uh, national championship. It's definitely going to affect them. In my opinion, well, time will tell. I would agree with that, um, especially if you're because they said yeah, they set Javante Smart out, I believe. In the midst of all no. this, no, they no, he's oh, good. they didn't. Okay, well, he's sitting out during during the investigation, though, correct? I don't think he's had anything handed down to I, him in regards to it. I haven't seen that anywhere. Yeah, I haven't seen an article. Okay, it's all okay. been on Will Wade at this point. Now, I understand what Statman said. But I just feel like these kids, man, this goes one of two ways, like it does with any scandal involving a head coach. Either these it deflates the guys, they get blinded by it, they can't shake it, 
or they fight for him even more because they believe in the head coach that they have. And furthermore, they believe in themselves and what they've done at this point in the season. Winning the SEC title is no small feat, especially when you got teams like Kentucky and Tennessee who's come up playing good ball for the most part of the season. So it was no easy task. It's, it's, it's definitely not an easy task. And in in my opinion, I, I, I feel like, kind of like Statman said, I think it will affect them. Uh, simply because you see your coach and there are quotes that were made that, you know, of his conversation. Correct. And there's money been tossed around, apparently. Involving mostly Javante Smart's family. Yes. Um, and also his recruitment, not just his family, but That's his right. recruitment. Absolutely. This is all revolving around his recruitment. Yes. This is back in whenever he was being recruited last last year. Yes. Yeah. So how is it going to affect him? That's a that's a good question. You know, when when he when he steps foot on the, on the court, I didn't I didn't watch the game yesterday, so I don't know how he played or anything like that. I'm not sure of his stats actually, but uh I think I think it's going to affect them. Um may even see one of these no name schools <laughs> come up and surprise them, you know, because I I I would give them a legitimate shot or did give them a legitimate shot before all this broke, right? Of contending for the SEC championship, mm-hmm. but now that's kind of up in the air to me. There's, there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts. For, for this storyline. What say you, what say you, stat man? As far as uh contending for the SEC championship. Kentucky's got that wrapped up. All right. And I was not a believer in Kentucky to start the season because of how bad Duke beat them in Atlanta. Yeah, they but did they did look pretty bad. They've came together as a team and and all that cliche stuff and they they played some really good basketball they're playing good basketball at the end of the season which is what you want absolutely Kansas Jayhawks their streak of mid 12 regular season titles is over they lost to Oklahoma last Tuesday effectively ending that streak here's my question on the Kansas Jayhawks do they stay competitive, and can they still win the Big 12 I'll take, Championship? I'll take this one. Yes. Because Bill Self is a great coach. He is without a doubt. I'm I'm going to go with, yes, they're going to be competitive, but they're not my pick to win the Big 12. Mm. Okay. Here, Here's what all was going on the last time Kansas – did not win a Big 12 championship. Brace yourself for some stats, ladies Stat and gentlemen. Stat whiz is on the money right here. LeBron was a rookie. The UConn men and women won the national championship. The Marlins won the World Series. The Marlins. <laughs> that's, that's been a while back, hasn't it? Nick Saban won his first national championship with LSU. 
that's all what was going on the last time Kansas. What is this around 2003? Is that right? 2003? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I, I'm I'm gathering from that you don't think they're going to be competitive. I think they'll still be competitive. <laughs> yeah. But it'll be it won't be a cakewalk like it has been the last few years. No, it will not. So that is Clearly. a perfect segue, real quick, into we're gonna go with the we're gonna go with the Power Five because there's what thirty two conferences represented here. And we're not yeah, gonna go with yeah, all thirty two. Just, just the Power Five. We're gonna go with the Power Five. We're gonna go with the Power Five picks, the conference tournaments. We'll start with the Big Twelve. JT, who you got to win the Big Twelve conference tournament? Big Twelve conference champion Texas Tech. I agree. That's actually my pick. I'm glad you picked the Red Raiders. They're playing high-dollar football or basketball right now. I like them. They're aggressive, and I like them. They beat a really good Iowa State team, man. Iowa State wasn't terrible. Yeah. But I like I like Texas Tech. What about you, Statman? I think I already know. I think I think we all three got the same pick there. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, wow. We all agree I'm, on wow. something. Huh? I'm in love with Jarrett Culver's game. It's, he's so much fun to watch. Yeah. Texas Tech has been fun to watch, period. All right, so we all agree Texas Tech are the Big 12 Conference champions. All right, Big 10. JT, who you got? I got Sparty. You got Michigan State. Sparty. Cool. Statman. Michigan. I, I agree Ooh. with Statman. I'm going with Michigan. Go Big Blue. Go Big Blue. I, I think Michigan locks it down. I got Sparty, man. Sparty. Sparty has been playing great basketball of late. Great basketball. Absolutely. All right, Pat 12. I'll go first on this one. Washington. Washington locks it down over on the West Coast. About you, Statman? I'm going to be honest. I have no clue who is good and who's bad in the Pac-12. Just just, um, just agree with me, Statman. I'll just agree with, with HG. Okay. I took a shot in the dark on this one. I'm going with Bobby Hurley and Arizona State. Oh, all right. We know who's wrong out of this group. <laughs> All right, SEC, gentlemen. Who we got winning the SEC Conference Championship? Statman, I believe he's already said. He has. Uh, he's Kentucky, going with the Wildcats. Kentucky has got that locked okay. down. JT, do you agree or do you have another pick? You know, I gave them so much grief earlier about losing the three games out of the last five. I see where this is going. I kind of like it. I'm going with the big orange, man. I Rocky like it, top. but I disagree. I think LSU's going to win it. Okay. I do. I think I LSU. Like, I like that pick. They're like going to play for their head coach. They're going to they're going to show it. They're going to show up, and they're going to win the SEC, championship, or SEC uh, conference tournament. All right, the big one, ACC, Statman, who do you have? Okay. Don't do going it. Going back to – don't do Going it. Going back to the game last night. <laughs> Don't do it. North Carolina only played nine players. Duke played eight. Yep. How much more tired did Duke? How much more tired did Duke look than North Carolina? A they, lot. They were exhausted. With, with about with about six or seven minutes left, they were. They were gassed. I mean, really fatigued. I, I don't it's it's crazy to me how they got one more player they look so much more fresh to me 
But I say all that. I'm picking Duke. All right. Woo! Going with Duke. JT. Wow. wow. Who's your pick? I'm going with the Blue Devils. He's going Duke. All right. But. Let's go a, Homer. There's a but. There is a but. What's What's the but? The but is it all depends on Zion. If Zion plays, there's a great possibility Duke's going to win. I'm not going to disagree. Doesn't, doesn't all depend on Zion because we we mm. still need Marquise Bolden back. Correct. Y- yeah, and and I think I think he I think he'll be back. I really do. Um, but it's just and 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 I will say this too with Zion. His physical condition when he comes back. How long is he going to be able to be on the floor? Because he really hadn't been able to do a whole lot. Hmm. So he's been conditioning. I think that's I think that's going to be a key. Uh, but hey, I'm going to Blue Devils, man. Dukies. So we have two Dukes, right? Guys, I got to go with the Cavaliers. I'm going with Virginia. The I, team that Duke, I, I, the team that Duke beat twice. I, yes, I'm going with Virginia, man. <laughs> Let me, hey, don't hit me with some true stats, real all of a sudden, man. Let me brace myself. No, Virginia, man. Last season, they lose to the number 16 seed in first round. What was it like Maryland, Baltimore County or something? They lose. The University of Maryland, Ma- Baltimore County. That's there exactly right. There they lost. Go. What better way to avenge that loss than to win the whole dad gum thing? I think Virginia's going to do it, guys. I really do. <laughs> I, th- I got them. Lock it down, hey, Virginia. I like, like I said earlier, I like your confidence. I really do. I like it. I got it in droves. All right, so that leads us into this. I want to know who you guys think is going to win the whole shebang. Call it now. I know the selection ceremony hasn't even happened yet. We're not even in the NCAA tournament. But I think everybody still at this point has an idea of who's going to win Win it all. I'm sticking with Virginia. I think Virginia wins the whole daggum thing. Going back to my previous point, what better way to avenge their first round loss last season by winning the whole thing? Stat man, what say you? Hmm. I haven't really given this much thought. Um. This goes against everything I believe in. Uh, <laughs> I know where this is going. But I could see North Carolina winning the whole thing. I totally agree with you, Statman. Totally agree. So we got two Tar Heels. Tar Holes. Tar Holes winning <laughs> the whole deal. And I'm going to stick with Virginia, which could be could bite me in the behind based on what I'm going to say when it comes to the Cinderella's, which leads us into Cinderella Watch 2019. I've got mine. I'm going to tell you why I've got mine. But, Statman, do you have a Cinderella Watch to issue? Murray State How did and I, Jay Morant. I, I, How agree, did I, know? I agree. How did I know that he was going to say that? Got the automatic bid by beating Belmont yesterday. And Jay Morant is ridiculous, dude. This was his stat line yesterday. He had 36 points. 22 of those came after the break, right? He had seven rebounds, three assists. He is averaging right now, what is it, 23 points a game, 
9.3 assists and 7 rebounds. He's playing ridiculous basketball right now. He was the reason why Murray State won yesterday, playing Belmont. They won the Ohio, he's Ohio Valley Conference Player of the Year. He's going to be a household name by the time this thing's all over with. But is he single-handedly going to be able to handle these top-tier That's the beauty about March Madness, man. Look at Loyola Chicago last season, right? That was beautiful. It was. He he can get them to the Sweet 16 at least, depending on which seed they are. It's going to be fun to watch. I, but I agree with Statman. That's that's who I'm issuing the Cinderella Watch 2019 for. Murray State, the Racers. My Cinderella? You want to hear it? Here it goes. Come on with it. I'm picking my Big 12 champion, Texas Tech. That's your Cinderella? That's my Cinderella. Cinderella. Really? Okay. I thought maybe you'd go Lipscomb. Lipscomb's a good one. Possibly. Lipscomb. 22 and 6, dog. They lost. Did they? They did lose. They lost to Liberty. Stick with Texas Tech. Yeah. Liberty's gone, son. Yeah. Stick with Texas Tech. That was, I mean, that's, hey, I don't hate it. I mean, I just, I don't think anybody's really giving them a shot of, Texas Tech? of no. anything, you know. Uh, so, I mean, that's, that's, that's who I like. That's, that's who I'm going with. I like it. So we got Murray State, Murray State, Texas, Texas Tech. Tech. So Cinderella Watch 2019 has been issued, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Again, Selection Sunday, March 17th, a week from today. We're recording here on the 10th, which is a Sunday. So Selection Sunday, keep an eye out for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. These SCC, uh, the sorry, the conference tournaments start, what is it, Wednesday for the most of them? Some of them has already been playing. Ohio Valley's already played theirs which is why we know Murray State's the champion. All right, so, Statman. Yes. We appreciate you coming in, man. I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, buddy. We're about to close out the show. Everybody say bye to Statman. Before we close out the show, I wanted to get your take on one thing. Oh, okay. yeah. I got to take a shot at this. I just got to because, you know, it just it's what dog fans do. I like it, and I keep forgetting that you wanted to talk about this. <laughs> I don't know why, because I like it a hey, lot. So let's... I won't let you forget. Um, some dog recruiting news, in case nobody heard about it. Carson Beck, four-star quarterback. Who will get a, five, a fifth star. He will get a fifth star. I think we kind of took him... From the clutches of the Gators? Kinda. <laughs> and I say that because he was never in the clutches of the Gators. No. Not he even used, for a second. He used them. <laughs> it, and that's, listen, guys, if you haven't followed this Carson Beck saga, that's not coming from us. That's not our opinion. That's what he straight up told a reporter with First Coast News out of Jacksonville that he didn't straight up say, I used the Florida Gators to get a offer from Georgia, but that's basically what he said. Pretty much. I, I don't know what you guys are talking about because according to all the Florida fans, he was their next quarterback. Oh, he, yeah, yeah, he was, according he, to Florida fans, he was their, that he was going to bring their next championship to Florida. He was already signed, sealed, and delivered. Yes. 
And they are salty. And look, you can't you can't blame him for being excited because he gave nothing but signs that he was going to go to the to Florida Gators. I mean, and so, but I, I never had him on my radar. He was once committed to Alabama, so I kind of stopped paying attention. Mm-hmm. Here's something cool. Jake Fromm was also at one time committed to committed. Alabama. Yep. Decommitted from Alabama on March 3rd to commit to Georgia. Guess what date Carson Beck also decommitted from Alabama? March 3rd. March the 3rd. Or he committed to Georgia on March 3rd. Yeah, committed, committed to the dogs. And one other surprise – well, it's not really a surprise because it is it's what I call the Kang Kirby effect. <laughs> Darian Green Warren from I think he was committed to Oklahoma. Correct. Took a visit to UGA. Yep. And for some reason decommitted after his visit to UGA. He did decommit. And opened his recruitment right back up. Interesting. I call that the Kane Kirby effect, man. <laughs> Recruit watch for for that young man. Also, we picked up a solid wide receiver in Justin Robinson. Yes. He's being compared in some composites to Calvin Johnson. So, which hard. Is, which is not a bad comparison. No, hard not to be excited <laughs> Even though about he was that. a Tech fan or Tech tech grad. Yes, I mean, he was. Eh, you know. He was still he was still a heck of a receiver. Yes, he was. All right, guys, we're going to start closing out the show. Statman, thank you for being with us. We appreciate it very much. Hate you wasn't in the studio, but we're glad we got you on the phone. Hope you have a good night. All right, guys. Peace out and go dogs. All right, man. JT, it was a lot of fun. It was a good episode. As always. Yes, sir. You had a lot of uh, interesting takes going on today. A little bit of difference of opinion, but that's what makes it fun. I mean, is that not what people wanted us to do? That's what people want to hear. We had some people say, hey, that's what podcasts are. You, you've got to have controversy. Yes, exactly you right. You can't we, agree on everything. Now, we didn't shout at each other, but we did have difference of opinions. So, guys, go on to social media. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Let us know what you think. Do you agree with what we said today? Do you not agree? How are we doing? Are we doing bad? Are we doing good? Let us know. We want it all. Uh, also, again, subscribe to our channel, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find your podcast, just find us, subscribe. We appreciate you dropping in here on the dropouts. I'm HG. JT, live life to the fullest. Love you. God bless. And go dogs. <laughs>